Hey everybody, this is Matt Hardman with another episode of the Race Nerd Podcast right here on CKCC Radio. Uh, thank you. Thank you all of you listeners, all of you that subscribe. We have hit 10,000 downloads for the channel. 10,000, that's astounding. Um, so, once again, thank you for not just this show, not just me, um, but the plethora of programming uh, that we have each and every week, um, from the Nerd Table, to Ranking Tracks, to J Bunny's Music Hub, uh, and so on and so on. We've got quite a bit going on, and hopefully you will continue listening so we can hit 15,000 and 20,000 and so on and so on. Make this channel the shit. Alright, yes, I dropped an S-bomb. Speaking of shit, don't mind my voice, I'm a little under the weather. Uh, it is certainly allergy season here in Maine. Um, my, my car, my brand new black, lovely Equinox is now a gold color. Um, my mobile studio is gold. Um, and it's not from the, the cheddar I have, but from the, uh, the pollen in the air. <laughs> and it certainly affected me quite a bit. Um, so I apologize for that. But one thing I don't apologize is we have a full slate of races to go through. We had an astounding six races this past weekend. Uh, highlighted on Saturday by the debut of the SRX series, which did not disappoint. It ending with the all-star race which i thought was going to be an utter shit show but guess what it was not it was actually pretty entertaining and a a a, a fitting farewell to eddie gossage um the longtime promoter of texas motor speedway who was stepping away after um the events from last night so, let, let's get to it. Let's just touch on a couple of things. Um, the weekend started off first with uh, race one of the weekend doubleheader for the IndyCar series, uh, which saw Marcus Erickson, after a late race red flag, was able to take the lead and win in his... Uh, and his first win for Chip Ganassi Racing, his first career IndyCar win in a race that uh, had a little bit of controversy, uh, especially if you're trying to watch it on TV. Uh, if you have uh, CBS Sports Network or NBC, or NBC Sports Network or NBC, it started late. Uh, it was a whole sh- a whole sh- boy again featured two very scary crashes, uh, first with um, Felix Rosenquist, who, um, due to a mechanical part um, failing in his car, hit the tire barrier in the concrete wall pretty hard. Um, He would sit out Sunday's race uh, with Oliver Askew, 
um, formerly of the Errol McLaren team, um, filling in on Sunday for him. Um, then, um, Willpower, uh, would, uh, who was dominant all day, looking for his first win of the season, the former, um, multi-time IndyCar champion, uh, car, his ECR, his Electra, his, basically the brain to his IndyCar would have a malfunction, uh, in the heat, on the red flag, and would fall many laps behind, uh, giving the win to Erickson, who would be the final of the three, uh, Ganassi drivers to visit Victory Lane this year. Uh, Chip Ganassi Racing is firing on all cylinders. But that was in Detroit on Saturday. So we move to Texas, where at the same time the trucks in the Xfinity Series would run with John Hunter Nemechek once again taking the checkered flag. Uh, JNH would uh, visit Victory Lane for a um, season-leading fourth time this season. Uh, definitely making his investment in moving back down to the truck series with Kyle Busch and going for wins. Um, making that gamble a really big success so far. Uh, Nemechek now leads the points and now if you hadn't already picked him as your favorite to win the title this year uh, going into the playoffs, which is still a short time away, uh, He's pretty much head and shoulders above everybody else. So, from there, we had just a very short turnaround before the Xfinity cars took the track. And what would be Kyle Busch winning his 99th career Xfinity win. Now, I know what you're all going to say. Kyle Busch, stop eating Xfinity field, blah, blah, blah. And for many years, I felt that way. Um, but one, you know, just knowing the fact that he's getting towards 100 is kind of astounding still. Um, because I remember Kyle when he was just coming into the Xfinity series. I'm an old fart, I guess. Um, running for Hendrick. Uh, it, you know, this is pretty, it's pretty amazing when you think about it. That, uh... You know, the 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 double the double standard I think also um, kind of comes into play with uh, when it comes to Kyle versus any other driver who's trying to get track time. Um, Kyle was doing this, and, you know, he used to do this for his own team. He would run the trucks, obviously, you know, and that that his wins in the truck series put money back into his team. Um, running for Joe Gibbs Racing, it's putting money in sponsors on the team, so you could see guys like Ty Gibbs and um, uh, Ryan Ryan True, uh, not Ryan Truex, um, Ty Dillon. I don't know why I was saying Ryan Truex, but uh, you see you see guys like those be able to hop into that same car. And if it wasn't for people like Kyle and Martin earlier this year and later this year, Denny Hamlin will be in that ride. Uh, they all share that 54 car, uh, but those wins are, are making it so 
uh, drivers like to both the ties are able to um, able to run, you know, and Ty Gibbs, you know, whether you like him or not, uh, let him drive without, you know, without any kind of major sponsorship. So uh, it's kind of cool to see that. Like I said, I'm not a I'm not a Kyle Busch fan by any stretch of the imagination, but just knowing that he's getting near this record of 100 wins. And, and to be fair, a lot of these wins, you know, they really haven't been stopping the field. You know, he is a measuring stick for a lot of these younger drivers. I mean, the Kyle Larsons that had come up and now are successful, and um, <coughs> the Ross Chastains, and so on and so on. You know, these were the these were the drivers that would measure themselves up against a a Kyle Busch. So, with that said, you know that it's actually kind of exciting knowing that he's going to hit a hundred just in the Xfinity Series, a record which I know will never be broken. But it is still kind of fun to see. Um, so we move on to the big race of the night. The, the most hyped, if you're a racing fan, is the debut of the Tony Stewart Ray Evernham series, the SRX, the uh, the new IROC type series, and that did not disappoint. Uh, Stafford Speedway will hold the distinction of holding their very first race. Um, the longtime uh, home of the Modifieds in Connecticut, you know, just a mere three and a half, four hours from here, from where I sit right now, it, it, it certainly was a rocking joint that saw two heat races and one feature race, and at the end of it, the ringer for this week's race Doug Colby from the Modified Regs dominated and picked up the first ever SRX series win, <coughs> beating out Greg Biffle, who uh, by draw started on the pole for the first heat, and Tony Stewart, who would finish third on the podium. Uh, it had its share of... Uh, fun and excitement, it's share of spins, uh, Helio Castro Neves and uh, Paul Tracy and Marco Andretti, they, they, would, they would all find uh, that this isn't just your normal Saturday night, Sunday drive, um, the beating and banging, it was very close, very um, exciting, um, Alan Beswick back in the booth was great. Even Danica Patrick, and I'm not a Danica Patrick fan, I thought she actually did really well in the booth. Um, I Like I said, I'm not, I'm not a fan of her. I'm not really on that Danica mania train. Never really was. Um, you know, she, had a, she has some talent, but I, I think... She is best suited for the booth. She gave an interesting insight. And the ironic thing is, uh, she was a former uh, Stuart Haas driver. And there was a little bit of animosity at times between her and Stuart. And knowing that this is Stuart's series, 
uh, you know, I don't know if it's water under the bridge, obviously, but, uh, I, I think that she had a great rapport with Alan Beswick, you know, and obviously Lindsay Zardiak from, uh, ESPN and Brad Doherty, uh, they, uh, they added a lot to the broadcast as well, uh, I think Brad would be a good third person in the booth, um, if not, have them right on pit lane interviewing drivers. It was a really good showing. Um, unfortunately, Willie T. Ribs, uh, he did not run that good, but I'll tell you right now, he may not run good, but him and Paul Tracy will be great for a soundbite after the race. Um, two of the most outspoken drivers out there. And uh, it really was a really good field. I'm looking forward to the next race, which I believe is either Eldora or Knoxville. It's one of the dirt races. Um, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, uh, one of the names that's on it for one of the ringers uh, is Scott Bloomquist, who I had this discussion in a private chat. I'm not a fan of Scott Bloomquist. Never really was. Um, I know he's really good on dirt, uh, but to me, a lot of his luster got knocked off uh, when I saw him try to compete in the trucks. How he will um, kind of gravitate towards this series is unknown, so we'll, we'll, we'll see on that. Um, that was Saturday. And then we move on to Sunday, which sees... Uh, round two of the doubleheader at um, at Belle Isle for the the Chevrolet Grand Prix of Detroit um, with Patricio Pato Award. I don't know why I keep saying Patricio, but Pato Award becomes the first first two-time winner in the in the uh, IndyCar series. Uh, award who would take the lead late in the race away from Joseph Newgarden. Once again, denying uh, Roger Penske and Team Penske their first win of the season. Um, this was great. I, I, I enjoyed this one as well. Um, I know Ramon Grosjean had issues again in this race, uh, making it a little harder for the rookie. Um, but this, this was a really good one, and I I think just the, the showings of IndyCar um, the past couple weeks, they are certainly have the, the best parody throughout the field. Not parody, but parody uh, throughout the field. They, um, they certainly, you know, you've seen drivers from, you know, all different kinds of teams, you know, Ganassi, um, Penske and Andretti have not won, but you've seen other teams like um, uh, the the Arrow McLaren team. Uh, obviously, a uh, a uh, brand new uh, the Meyer Shank team, obviously winning at Indy. Uh, so I I really enjoy this uh, award. Leaves Detroit. Uh, after the doubleheader, leading the points, taking the points away, point lead away from Scott Dixon, uh, who has fallen to third after some uh, middle of the pack runs in both races. Uh, he really wasn't a factor. Um, 
he falls to third behind uh, Award and uh, teammate Alex Palo. Uh, so I take it back. I apologize for the Andretti has not won this season as it reminds me that Colton Herta did win earlier in the season um, at St. Petersburg, I believe. So uh, we definitely have a really good uh, wide open field in IndyCar. Moving on, we get to the All-Star Race. And I was very critical of the All-Star Race and the Open um, because just for the past couple of years, it become less of an all-star race and more of a uh, a gimmick. It, it, to me, it was, um, if you put it in terms of wrestling, for you wrestling fans, I, I it went from being like the Royal Rumble, where you would have the greatest superstars all battle it out uh, for... You know, until you got to the the top guy, you know, obviously winning. Uh, this had become a king of the mountain, which is like a reverse battle royal, and you got to climb a ladder, hang a belt, penalty box, blah blah blah. It just become too gimmicky. And when I first saw how they were doing this, it it felt like a gimmick. Um, obviously, you're going to have the open, uh, which is for all non-winning drivers. Uh, throughout the season, if you hadn't won a race or you hadn't won a previous all-star race or not a previous champion, you would be lumped into that. You know, they were pretty much the also-rans, the guys who really aren't the the top tier. Um, and that was split into three segments, and the winner of each segment would advance along with the all-star vote. Now, a lot of people had their money on Bubba Wallace at least winning one of those segments or getting in but by the fan vote. But at the end of the day, you would have Ross Chastain, who, while Ganassi is lighting the world on fire in IndyCar, their NASCAR program is just a dumpster fire. Ross Chastain taking the win in the first segment, uh, beating out Tyler Reddick, who was strong, um, in that first segment, but Reddick would not be denied. He would advance to the all-star race by winning segment two. So with both of those drivers out and locked in, it would be, it would come down to whether it was Matt DiBenedetto, who had been strong throughout the open, but not winning either segment, or Eric Amarola, who, much like a NASCAR program, Stuart Haas has been a dumpster fire. Uh... Amarola would advance by taking the third segment, um, hitting victory lane for the first time this season, or a modified victory lane, getting into the all-star race. And then it came down to the fan vote. And I don't know the tally, but Matt DiBenedetto, Matty D, uh, driver of the famed Wood Brothers 21 uh, Ford Mustang, uh, would advance to the All-Star Race, getting voted in by the fans. Um, and what I think, you know, I definitely think Matty D, you know, not only did he deserve it over his, what he's run the past couple of years, 
Uh, he certainly is a fan favorite, <laughs> but uh, it just it just goes to show that you know he is. You know, this is what the fans wanted. This wasn't because a lot of people were picking Bubba Wallace to win. Um, my my vote for the All Star race though was neither one of those, as I voted for Chase Briscoe, uh, who has shown a lot of he, he's battling back from a lot of um, <coughs> a lot of things on the NASCAR schedule. He, he's taking his lumps, you know, as a rookie, but I I thoroughly think that he. Um, that he's, you know, he'll be due for, he'll be, he'll be making some all-star races in, in the future. But I would have just liked to have seen him as a rookie make it. Uh, he's got a lot of talent and a lot of poise for a young man his age. Uh, so we move on to the all-star race, which would be just like the 600 and just like Dover. It would be a Hendrick route with Kyle Larson picking up his second ever all-star race win. He would take home the million dollars, uh, beating out Brad Keselowski in the final segment in, in, a, in a race that was, for an all-star race and everybody going for the money, everybody kind of was on their P's and Q's. There wasn't a whole lot of beating and banging, a whole lot of lunacy. Um, I didn't like the, the fact that they kept inverting the field within certain positions every race. Every segment, I wasn't a fan of that. Um, if you're going to invert the field, invert the entire field. Um, or have, a, have something where you're not letting a ping pong ball decide your segments. Uh, where the field will be inverted, where it will not. Because uh, I think that kind of took away from the all-star race. Um for it all, the All-Star Race was was really good. Uh, it was exciting. Um, I think, personally, I love Bristol, but I think this was way more exciting than last year's uh, All-Star Race at Bristol Motor Speedway. Uh, whether they do it again at Texas or not is not for me to say. Uh, personally, I like it at Charlotte. Um, I have a couple of ideas on that that... Uh, that I'll share later on uh, in a future episode. But for what it was, it's really good. And as I keep saying each and every week, how has no major company um, looked at Kyle Larson and said, hey, you know, what you had said previously last season was irreprehensible, um, but we recognize your talent and we think that you could be a good uh, brand ambassador for us. Um, uh, Rick Hendrick has been doing this pretty much out of his own pocket, although he does have a sponsor for, I believe it's next week at Nashville, uh, with Valvoline. And I'll tell you right now, that car is damn cool looking. I like it a lot. Uh, it's very different from any other Valvoline car I've seen. Um, so I, I'm, Excited for Kyle Larson, and once again, this puts this puts the whole thing is this kid's the real deal. Um, I have not seen another driver like him, um, not in a long, long time. Everybody says, you know, they draw comparisons to him and Jeff Gordon. I still say that there's a lot more to it. I think comparisons to the late Tim Richmond or an AJ Foyt 
or even a, a to some extent a Tony Stewart. So I'm really, really excited for that, and I'm really excited to see what the future holds for Young Money, as his nickname is. Uh, so that gets you caught up on all six races. Um, couple news and notes. Uh, Nashville is next week for NASCAR as they will be as the um, the series makes its debut at Nashville Super Speedway uh, in Lebanon, Tennessee, uh, a track where the trucks in the Xfinity series had run on in the past. Uh, they will finally be moving to the the Cup Series to there um, in a race that I I think will be highly entertaining. Um, I've gone back and watched some of the old Nashville races. And they were fun. Um, I'm not expecting it to light the world on fire, but yeah, it's been a long time since we've had a, a completely new venue. It's been about 10 years, um, the last completely new venue uh, to enter the Cup Series. Uh, was Kentucky, and Kentucky was a fun race. Um, and I heard a lot of negativity from the fans when you mentioned uh, the first race at Kentucky only because of um, the whole infrastructure, the parking, getting to the track. And with that said, uh, I think Nashville is already had that all figured out and had that figured out for years. Um, but uh, one of the cool things, besides Larson having this Valvoline scheme, uh, Alex Bowman will be rolling off a new paint scheme uh, as Ally fans uh, had had the choice to vote of one of two paint schemes, either the highly uh, decorated Music Row car or the... Um, trying to remember the other the name of the other one. Um, but when it was announced that Music Row had won, it was announced who had designed these paint schemes, with Music Row being uh, designed by Dale Jr. And the other paint scheme, which is slipping my mind, uh, was designed by Jeff Gordon. So uh, that that was actually pretty cool. It was, it was really cool that they kept a secret from the fans. I think that added a little bonus surprise. And this will be the first race, not only with... Junior designing this car, but Junior will be back in the booth as we move to NBC uh, for the rest of NASCAR's schedule beyond their series of networks. Whether you watch them on uh, NBC or you have the the NBC Sports app or Peacock, uh, as I said before, Peacock is the shit that it really is the app to have if you love racing. So with all that. Um, couple of other things. Uh, we're already talking about 2022 and some of the driver changes, but there has been hints that there'll be more teams next year as Trackhouse Racing is looking to expand to a second team um, to complement uh, the 99 car of Daniel Suarez. Uh, there's still rumors floating around about that. And this would be the third team that has been, fourth team that has been rumored uh, to either expand or move up uh, with uh, going along with the confirmation of Colic Racing moving to Cup and the persistent rumors of the 2311 team expanding to a second car next season. Uh, Junior Motorsports 
and and now Trackhouse. I was thinking if there were any more, but um, that's really cool to hear. Um, I definitely think a lot more competition. I like the days when we had, you know, 43 cars to a field, 45, you know, and, you know, where we had that. And I think with this new car, we're actually going to see that, uh, especially where you're taking a lot of the financial things with finding all these tweaks and all and this and that. Um, all the loopholes will be closed with the new cars and it's going to be more cost effective. So you'll be able to run um, more than one car. Uh, so anyway, um, my sinuses are kicking up. Uh, so I'm going to actually let you guys go. I'm going to cut it a little short this week. So until then, I'm Matt Hardman and this is the Race Nerd Podcast and I will see you at the track. Bye.